Well, I better get going. Your show's almost on. It's officially overtime. Sounds like a freaking good age. Yeah. Can't wait to meet him. Overtime with Lee Patterson, the only live local radio sports talk show in the Hilo Valley. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. And now, here's your host for Overtime, Lee Patterson. that hard to turn the knobs? Well, good afternoon and welcome to Overtime. I'm Lee Patterson. Thanks for joining us today on Wednesday, August 30th, as we are smack dab in the middle of, I guess we're not in the middle. We're three weeks in now to high school football season. Other sports around the area are starting to uh, get going as well. College football, pro football, the Diamondbacks. We've got we've got a lot to talk about today here on the show. What is going on? Let's start as we do every week with last week's scores. Uh, the high school football scene around the state of Arizona. These were games that were played last Thursday, August 24th, all levels. We usually separate them out between 3A and, and 2A and 1A, but these are all levels that played last Thursday night. Uh, Scottsdale Prep beat Hopi 27 to nothing. ALA West Foothills beat Wickenburg 56 to 6. Ben Franklin beat Coolidge 6 to nothing. Choya beat Copper Canyon 7 to nothing. Cortez over Coronado, 46-6. Perry beat Desert Vista, 51-13. Duncan beat Fort Thomas, 12-0. That was our game of the week, our first game of the week last week. Kingman Academy beat Chino Valley, 18-6. McClintock over Maricopa, 58-31. Red Mesa beat Mesa, or excuse me, Red Mountain beat Mesa, 41-7. Superior over Tempe Prep, 60-6. Thunderbird beat Moon Valley, 34-0. Williams beat Alamo, Nevada, 18-12, and Yunker beat Estrella Foothills by a field goal, 23-20. Last Thursday night's game, let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit. It is, I'm, I'm happy that we went up and did an eight-man game in Duncan on Thursday night because it gave you a little perspective. Duncan dressed 13 guys to start the game. Fort Thomas dressed 20 guys to start the game. By the end of the game, Duncan was down to 12 after their starting quarterback went out. In that one, they were still able to hold on for a 12-0 lead. But it was a great reminder of, of small-town football and why kids play small-town football. I mean, we, we hear all the time about the bigger schools, and especially at the collegiate level, about kids jumping from program to program, trying to chase, you know, because they're slept on, on one pro- at one program or, you know, the coach doesn't like them or they go to a different program. But then you go to do an eight-man game in – you know, a small corner of the state of Arizona. And there's 23, there's 33 kids total dressed out for the game. And, you know, none of them are chasing, you know, all of them obviously want to go to college, but at the one, at the one, a level, you're not, it's not, it's not the same as the six, a level at the state of Arizona or the collegiate level. They're playing the game because they want to play the game. And sometimes they're in the band at halftime. You know that's it's it's just a different perspective, and it was it was good to get there and see that perspective. And you know it's a good football game. Both those teams have some some players 
they can play. Um, they've got some good-looking kids, most of them freshmen and sophomores. I would say the best players in the game, both sides, were freshmen and sophomores. And it was, it was. Uh, it, I'm glad that we were able to get out there and and get that game broadcast. It was a 12 nothing win for Duncan. Uh, coach Coates' first win as a head coach at Duncan High School, who I got to chat with before the game, and then again before the Safford Pima game on Friday night uh, over at Safford High School. He was down as well, and uh, I chatted with him uh, bef- before that game on Friday. Uh, so uh, best of luck to Duncan and Fort Thomas the rest of the way this season. All right, let's go to 3A scores from Friday night, the 25th. Mojave beat Paradise Honors 56-28. I've never said these words before, but I think Mojave is for real this year. Paradise Honors beat Thatcher 35-14 in week one, and then Mojave beat them 56-28 in week two. Don't, don't, uh, don't count out the Thunderbirds from the west side of the state. I think they're going to be around at the end of the year in 3A. ALA Ironwood beat Douglas 28-2. Chin Lee over Alchesay 30-14. Arizona Lutheran beat Gilbert Christian 56-34. Blue Ridge over St. John's 38-14. Fountain Hills beat Borgade 28-0. Kingman beat Kofa 56-0. Kanab Utah beat Monument Valley 49-12. Page over Holbrook 29-28. Parker beat Yuma 34-27. Payson over Winslow 34-6. Marinci beat Round Valley 24-6. And that was Marinci's first ever win in the in the dome at Round Valley. They beat Round Valley in 2012 at home, but before that, they hadn't beat Round Valley in Eager since 1976-77. The dome wasn't built until 1990-91, so that was a big win for Richard Davis and his guys up in Eager. Pima over Safford, 35-24. We'll circle back to that one in a second. Sabino, 19-6 over Saguaro. Pushridge beat Sholo, 24-21. Thatcher, a 40-0 win over Crisman. Window Rock beat Tuba City, 32-28. And River Valley beat Dysart, 53-34 at the 2A level. Uh, Pima and Safford recap. It was one style against another. Safford threw the ball really well, uh, nearly 400 yards. And Pima used its physicality. And that was really the difference. I mean, the, the di- really the difference in the game was this. There was, there was three plays that were the difference in the game, in my opinion. Midway through the second quarter, Safford threw an interception. Pima returned it down to, say, the 20-yard line. Ended up scoring on that play. The very next offensive play, Pima intercepted a Safford pass, and returned it for a touchdown to take the lead in the second quarter. And then on the very next offensive play, Pima intercepted Safford again and went down and scored and took the lead and never gave it up. That was the difference in the game. Literally three plays. You, you, There was probably 100 plays total in the game, and those three are really the difference in the ballgame. Safford threw the ball well late to get back in it uh, to make it to 34-25. But Pima was able to control the line. Coach Wilkins told me before the game from Pima, if we can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, we'll be all right. I think defensively, they were able to do enough. I, I, I I haven't seen game film on it, and I haven't talked to Coach Wilkins since the game, but 
Um, I, I don't know that defensively they graded as well as he wanted it to, but offensively they did exactly what they wanted to do. They they powered the football. Jeremiah Martinez at fullback for Pima at 200-plus pounds puts his head down and runs. And that that was the difference in the game. Safford was not able to run the football. So defensively, I guess maybe they do grade out higher at Pima because defensively, Safford was not able to run the football. On my unofficial stats, I had Safford for negative yards on the ground. I'm, I'm sure when the official stats come out, that won't be the same uh, because they stat it, you know, very officially on on their stats program. But that was it was a good football game. I suspected it was going to be a good football game, and it and it was a good football game. I think Safford's going to be fine. I mean, literally take those two, those three interceptions away. Even if you take two of those interceptions away, Safford comes back and wins that game. I mean, if if everything stayed the same. I know, hypothetically, you can't do that after the fact. But that was a great football game. I, I enjoyed that football game. It was it was a fun football game to watch. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that that game happened oh, this year. It was, it was a good one over at Bulldog Stadium. And the new scoreboard looks really good down at the uh, south end of the scoreboard over at Safford High School. Let's look at the 2A scores from last Friday. Arate Prep beat ALA Anthem South 35 to nothing. Benson beat Sequoia Pathway 62 to 6. Bisbee over Madison Highland 13 to nothing. That makes the Pumas 2 and 0. Scottsdale Christian beat Camp Verde 54-34. Chandler Prep beat St. John Paul 54 to nothing. Globe beat Gray Hills 53 to nothing. Mountainside beat San Carlos 40 to nothing. Catalina picked up a win against NFL Yet 36-26. Highland Prep beat Red Mesa 46-6. Pinon over San Pasquale 55 to nothing. Oh, that is a long. Oh, they played that game at Benjamin Franklin High School. I was like, wow, that's a long trip from Winter Haven, California, to take on Pinon, but or vice versa. But the game was played at Ben Franklin High School. Santan Charter beat Tanka Verde 48 to seven. Santa Cruz over Trivium Prep 16 to 12. Phoenix Christian picked up a win over Shadow Mountain, 30-28. Tombstone beat Heritage Academy Levine, 47-26. Tonopah beat Wilcox, 45-42. Glendale Prep over Valley Lutheran, 58-19. And Window Rock beat Tuba City, 32-28. 1A scores from Friday, August 25th. Uh, Hurricane Utah and Fredonia was canceled. But they picked up a game against Beaver Dam, Nevada. Beaver Dam beat Fredonia 52-30. Anthem Prep over Desert Heights Prep 41-40. St. David beat Baba Kivri 47-8. Hayden over Baghdad 32-7. Cicero Prep beat San Manuel 38-34. El Capitan beat Water Canyon, Utah 64-14. Lincoln Prep beat Joe City 52-20. Mojave Accelerated over Maryville Prep 48-6. Ray beat Valley Union 34-30. Rock Point and Muggion was canceled, and Salome beat North Phoenix Prep 52 to nothing. That was a look at last week's scores. Now let's look at this week's schedule for high school football here on Overtime. We'll start with 3A games this week. And it starts like this. Kofa is at Antelope. Marinci is at Benson. And a little backstory in that rivalry or in that series, that they first played each other in 1982. Benson holds a 17-16 lead in that series. As I said, started back in 1982. 
That game is Friday night, September 1st in Benson. Chino Valley at Borgate Catholic. Santa Cruz is at Coolidge. Shadow Mountain at Dysart. Safford is at Florence. And taking a look at that game, those two, this surprised me when I, when I went to look at this, that Florence has played Duncan and Pima more than they've played Safford. Surprising? To me it was. Uh, they've only played since 2005, and Safford owns the 7-4 advantage in that series. Safford and Florence, Friday night in Florence. ALA Ironwood is at Gilbert Christian. Ganado is at Hopi. Kingman Academy at Kingman. ALA West Foothills will be at Mojave. Tonopah Valley at Odyssey Institute. River Valley at Paradise Honors. Benjamin Franklin will travel down to Tucson to take on Push Ridge. Crimson is at Sabino. Santan Foothills at Santan Charter. Wilcox will travel up to Sholo. Thatcher at Valley Christian. That is our game of the week. This week here on KATO will be in Chandler Friday night. As these two meet up, can you believe it, for the first time in the regular season, the first five meetings, which Thatcher owns 4-1, to one, have all been in the playoffs. This is the first ever regular season meeting between Thatcher and Valley Christian. Thatcher beat Valley Christian in last year's playoffs in the second round, knocked them out of the playoffs, and so it's it matching up to be a good game. Both teams graduated a great senior class, so we'll see where both of them are on Friday night. Parker is at Wickenburg, Blue Ridge will be at Window Rock, and Tempe will travel to Yuma to take on the Criminals. That's a look at the 3A games this week. 2A football, Globe is at Arate Prep, San Pasquale at Catalina, Red Mesa at Coronado. It's the battle for the pick. Bisbee is at Douglas. That game is the longest played rivalry in the state of Arizona. Bisbee and Douglas. I don't have the exact year this year, but well over 100 years they have played for the copper pick down this game this year is in Douglas. Shadow Mountain is at Dysart. Glendale Prep at Gray Hills Academy. Chandler Prep at Highland Prep. Ganado at Hopi. St. John Paul II will be at Mountainside. Tonopah at Odyssey Institute. Trivium Prep will take on Olympian California in California. Rincon will take on Palo Verde. Tombstone is at San Carlos. Santan Foothills at Santan Charter. We mentioned that earlier. Pima will be at Scottsdale Christian. Miami at Scottsdale Prep. Cortez at Washington. And Sequoia Pathway at Veritas Prep. Pima at Scottsdale Christian. That It's... Everybody's one versus two in 2A this week. Everybody has this game as one versus two. They've only played each other twice. And Pima owns the two to nothing lead. In that series. And it hasn't been close in either game since 2021. 2021 was the first time I I found that they played each other. And it was the last two years, and Pima owns that series in that one. That game is, it will, this will tell you this week if Pima runs away with it this year at the 2A level or if Scottsdale Christian is a contender. Because they're my my only other real contender on paper for Pima this year in the 2A. So we'll find out if, if, who if Scottsdale Christian has what it takes to stop Pima. Pima's strong. Pima's Pima can play some football. So we'll see what that game I'll be interested to see how that one turns out on Friday night. 
Down at the eight-man level, North Phoenix Prep is at Anthem Prep. St. David will travel up to Baghdad. Mojave Accelerated at Desert Heights Prep. Tempe Prep will be at Sibiqui. Mayor at El Capitan. Ray at Joe City. Rock Point and Maryvale Prep has been canceled. That tells me Rock Point has dropped their program. That's two. That's th- three straight weeks that Rock Point's games have been canceled. Hayden at Mugione. Williams at Salome. Duncan will travel to Sam Manuel. And this is only the sixth meeting between the two since 2001. Sam Manuel owns that series 4-2-1 as well. Uh, Bobby Keevery will be at Valley Union. Fort Thomas at Superior. This will be the 10th meeting between those two since 2009. Superior owns the all-time series 6-3. And Fredonia will be at Water Canyon in Utah. Tons of football here in and around the state of Arizona. We'll take a break here on Overtime. When we come back, we'll look at where the teams are standing after two weeks in their regions. Coming up after this. Welcome back to Overtime. Lee Patterson with you. Thanks for joining us today. Final show of the month of August. Can you believe September starts? It doesn't feel like fall yet. I'm excited for when it starts to feel like fall. You know, when it actually cools off in the evening. And it's got a little coolness in the air in the morning. That hasn't happened yet. But hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Uh, Let's look at where the teams... Let's see where the standings are after... One, uh, two weeks heading into week number three of high school football. These are not rankings. Those don't come out for a couple more weeks, but just the conference standings. Uh, starting with the 3A South, Marinci sits atop the 3A South right now with a 2-0 record in the conference. Uh, ahead of Sabino, who is 2-0 as well. Pushridge is 1-0. Safford at 1-1. And Thatcher, 1-1 as well. 3A Central. Florence at top at with a one and run one and one record. They are tied with Santan Foothills, who is also one and one. ALA Ironwood is one and one as well. But they have an 0-1 conference record, so they are sitting three. Coolidge is 0-2, and Crisman is 0-2 as well. At the 3A Metro East, Valley Christian sits atop at 2-0. Benjamin Franklin, 2-0 as well. Gilbert Christian, 0-2. Borgate Catholic 0-2. And Tempe, 0 and 2. In the 3A East, Fountain Hills at 2 and 0, Blue Ridge at 2 and 0, Payson sits 1 and 1, Round Valley is 0 and 1, and Sholo is 0 and 1 as well. The 3A North, Winslow atop there at 1 and 1 record because they're 1 and 0 in the region. Page is 2 and 0, Chin Lee is 1 and 0, Window Rock 1 and 1, Ganado 0 and 1. And Monument Valley sits at 0-2. In the 3A West, Mojave, the 2-0 team, probably the biggest surprise for me. They're tied with River Valley atop the 3A West at 2-0. Kingman is 1-0. Wickenburg is 1-1. And Chino Valley is 0-2. The 3A Metro West, ALA Foothills is 2-0. Dysart and Paradise Honors are 1-1. Odyssey Institute 0-1. Yuma and Kofa are 0-2. 2A football rankings. The two some of the names in the two A are uh, are new and interesting. The two A Little Colorado Hopi sits atop 
with a 1-0 region record. They're 1-1 overall. Pinon is 1-0. Holbrook, Mini Farms, Tuba City, Valley Sanders, Red Mesa are all 0-1. And Gray Hills Academy is 0-2. The 2A Black, Globe is 2-0. Pima 1-0. Alchese 0-1. St. John's 0-1. Miami 0-1. San Carlos 0-1. And ALA Anthem South is 0-2. So that is Pima's football conference this year. Globe, Alchese, St. John's, Miami, San Carlos, and ALA Anthem South. The 2A San Pedro, Bisbee is 1-0, Catalina is 1-0, Tombstone is 1-0, Benson and Tanka Verde are 1-1, Palo Verde is 0-1, and Wilcox sits at 0-2, headed to Sholo this week. The 2A Agua Fria, Kingman Academy is 2-0 and sits atop the Agua Fria, Camp Verde is 1-1, Cortez is 1-0, Highland Prep is 1-0, Glendale Prep and Mountainside are 1-1. And Phoenix Christian sits 1-1 one one as well. The 2A Verde, Scottsdale Prep, and Veritas Prep. Oh, and Scottsdale Christian, all 2-0 to sit atop that region. Madison Highland, Shadow Mountain, Valley Lutheran, 0-1, and Coronado is 0-2. The 2A Salt region, Chandler Prep is 2-0, Heritage Academy Levine, 1-1, Santa Cruz, 1-0, Arate Prep and Santan Charter, both 1-1, Sequoia Pathway, 0-1, and NFL Yet is 0-2. In the 2A Gila, Arizona Lutheran is 2-0. Antelope is 1-0. Tonopah is 1-0. Parker is 1-0. San Pasquale, St. John's, John Paul II, and Trivium Prep are 0-1. 1-A standings in the 1-A North. Mogollon and and Williams are 1-0. El Capitan is 1-1. Joe City is 0-1. Fredonia and Mayer, or Fredonia is 0-2. Mayer has not played a game yet. 1A West, Salome is 2-0, Anthem Prep 1-1, Mojave Accelerated 1-0, Baghdad, Desert Heights 1-1, and, and North Phoenix Prep is 0-2. St. David leads the 1A South with a 2-0 record, Duncan sits 1-1, Bob Akivri 1-1, Ray 1-1, Valley Union is 0-1, Fort Thomas and Sam Well both 0-2. And the 1A East, Hayden 2-0, Superior 1-1, Cicero Prep and Lincoln Prep both 2-0, Tempe Prep 0-2. And Sibicue has yet to play a game in this one. So the standings all over the place. I know it's still early on, but the standings are all over the place early on in the season. So teams have some uh, work to do early on. You know, we're going to take another break. We've got some time. We're going to take another break, pay some bills when we come back. We'll talk about some college football starting off this weekend right after this. Welcome back to Overtime. Lee Patterson with you. Thanks for joining us today on August 30th. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Uh, There's some history going to be made this Saturday uh, regarding a couple Gila Valley athletes, and we're going to touch on that in this next segment, and for the first time ever in the history of where we're able to research anyways, that has recorded two Gila Valley athletes, two Gila Valley football players will start for a Division I football team, the same Division I football team, in a Division I football game. If you follow me on social media, you already know what we're about to talk about. And if you don't follow me on social media, Overtime with Lee Patterson on Facebook, Radio Guy AZ 99 on Twitter. 
The the two deep came out for the Utah State Aggies earlier this week, on Monday actually. And the starting left tackle, wearing number 77 from Safford High School, will be Ralph Frias III. Starting at right tackle, wearing number 56 from Thatcher High School, will be Cole Motes. So Eastern, or so the Gila Valley will have two Gila Valley natives on the same offensive line. One on the left side, one on the right side, starting against Iowa. Not against some southeast, north technical school. This is on the road at Iowa. That is, that's, that's big. I mean, that is good for them. Uh, obviously, Ralph Rios, the transfer from ASU, first season at Utah State, gets the starting left tackle job. And Cole Motes started some games last year at right tackle as well and won the job back as well. So that game will be on FS1 at 9 a.m. Saturday morning. So if you want to record that one and uh, be able to watch history or, you know, be up in time, not be doing, you know, it's it's college football season. So um, make sure you have some time carved out to so, see those two guys on uh, TV on Saturday morning, 9 a.m., Utah State at Iowa. Should be a good one. Uh, the offense at Utah State is pretty potent this year. So we'll see if the defense from Iowa has as well. So congratulations to those two. That's that's awfully exciting. I mean, it's it's, it's history. It's the first time that we've been able to say that here in the Gila Valley. So congratulations to them. Also, speaking of speaking of college football, social media is ablaze the last day or so with the reports that ASU has self-imposed a bull ban this year for incidents that happened in past years. So here's the statement here is the statement from ASU on the bull ban regarding ASU self-imposed bull ban the deadline for ASU undergraduate students athletes to enter the transfer portal was April of 2023 so this is in response to social media saying that why did ASU wait so long to implement a self imposed bull ban after they hired a new coaching staff and they recruited a bunch of new players uh why did they they some people accuse them of waiting this long so that players wouldn't be able to transfer their response to that is they would have had to been in the transfer portal by last april to be able to do that Uh, the ncaa case involving the university of tennessee which was particularly relevant to asu's case was pending until the committee on infractions announced its decision on july 14th arizona state Athletic department would like you to know that any transfers or seniors that would have possibly left ASU due to the lack of opportunity for postseason play couldn't have done so unless Ray Anderson had announced this decision prior to April of 2023. Ray Anderson is the athletic director at ASU. What is the reason Ray Anderson didn't announce this decision prior to that date or even prior to the 2022 season, despite having all the same information about the alleged violations that occurred within the program that he's had for the last two years? Well, that's because Tennessee's punishment for violations under previous head coach Jeremy Pruitt weren't announced until July of 2023. Hmm. It is, uh, 
everybody inside the circle has known about this for a while and knew that it was coming down. I think the frustration with the fans and even the players and coaches at ASU is that it happened two years later and they have to brand new coaching staff and now they have to bear the brunt of that punishment uh, not being able to go to the not being able to go to a bowl game this year so that is that is that and also I got a little bit of a soapbox about the Arizona Cardinals all right, everybody knew that the Arizona Cardinals were going to have a down year. They rebuilt with new with new general manager, new coaching staff. Monty, Monty Austin Fort, the new AD, the new AD, the new general manager did a really good job I thought in this year's draft, loaded up draft picks for next season. So you kind of had the idea that they were going to uh, struggle this year in hopes to be able to uh, get some draft picks next year and start the rebuild. And then Yesterday, maybe it was yesterday or the day before, they released, in my opinion, the only quarterback that gave them a chance to win games this year in Colt McCoy. Others argue with me. Uh, you know, media from the Phoenix area has said that uh, Colt McCoy didn't give them a chance to win games this year. I, I disagree. Um, so now it's up to Josh Dobbs, who has only thrown four touchdown passes in his NFL career and a fifth-round draft pick for the Arizona Cardinals this year. National media has gone on national television and said that the Cardinals are tanking to get the quarterback from USC. So what's that mean for Kyler Murray? Is it his last season in Arizona? I don't know. He's got a huge contract. I don't know what they would do with that, but... He is not off the pup list, which is the physically unable to perform list. And because he's not off that list yet, he is ineligible to return until week five. And if the Cardinals have not won a game by week five, does Kyler Murray even play this year coming off an injury? I have lots of questions, lots of questions, which we won't have answers to. Uh, Coach Gannon has not named a starting quarterback for the first game next are uh, their, their first game against Washington so it's uh you know the last couple of days football news around the state of Arizona at the college and pro level has been head scratching at best so I don't know hopefully the Cardinals can 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 figure something out this year I mean they surely can't go, aren't going to go 0 17 are they Surely they can't do that. I don't know. I've, I watched a couple of clips on national media, though, and they said this is the worst tank job they've seen at the pro sports level in years. So I don't know. Maybe they are. It's, uh, it's going to be hard to put butts in seats in, uh, in Glendale if that's the case, right? Uh, a couple of interesting facts, uh, little-known legends of sports, if you will, to end today's uh, information. Sports fans are familiar with many college bowl games that are played each season, but how about the lesser-known bowls that have been played throughout the years? Since we're in college football season, remember the Salad Bowl? Salad Bowl? No, it's not a joke. Phoenix hosted the Salad Bowl from 1948 to 1954. 
If that whetted your appetite for tasty bowl games, you'll be happy to know that Florence, Italy was the setting for the Spaghetti Bowl in 1945 and again in 1953, which featured teams made up of Army and Air Force personnel stationed in Europe. And who, for, who could forget about the Turkey Bowl, which was played once on Thanksgiving weekend of 1948? If you forgot, don't worry. It was completely unmemorable. Believe it or not, there has also been a fruit bowl, a bean bowl, a pretzel bowl, a shrimp bowl, and a yam bowl. Where should you put these games in your football memory? You could store them in the refrigerator bowl, which was actually played in Evansville, Indiana from 1948 to 1956. Or you could simply flush them all down the toilet bowl, which incidentally was never the name of a football game. Those forgotten and real names go down as some of the little-known legends of sports. Got another one for you, though. Most baseball fans know that the Houston Astrodome was the first Major League ballpark to have artificial turf. But what you may not be aware of is when the stadium opened in 1965, its playing field was actually Bermuda grass. The panels that made up the ballpark's dome were cream-colored and semi-transparent, and they were designed to let in light so the grass could grow. But they also made it nearly impossible for players to track fly balls, so the Astros painted the outside of the dome to prevent sunlight from coming in. Not surprisingly, the grass eventually died as a result, but the team was rescued by the Monsanto Corporation, which offered a synthetic grass to grow to Astros officials, who installed the plastic playing surface prior to the start of the 1966 season. Since then, AstroTurf and the Astrodome have been linked in everyone's mind, but the fact that the stadium first had a grass playing field qualifies as a little-known legend of sports. Interesting facts. I'm going to try to bring some of those each and every week, little-known legends of sports. Uh, Don't forget that Friday night we'll be on the road, Thatcher at Valley Christian, for the first-ever regular season matchup. Isn't that hard to believe that they've never played in the regular season, only in the playoffs? Uh, The Arizona Republic says that when number one Pima comes to the Valley to face number two Scottsdale Christian, expect not just playoff intensity, but championship atmosphere. This could be a sneak peek at the two-way title game. Is it SCA's potent offense led by quarterback Jack Adkinson, running back Jacob Trapp, and wide receiver Andrew Trapp against maybe the best defense in the two-way? We've seen it for years that the small schools go to the big city and play the city schools and the strength always wins you know what i mean strength always wins so that's that's just what i'm going to go with there so we are out of time we will talk to you again friday night here on keto thanks for joining us have a great week 